Hey y'all, this is Byron. I uh, just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. What was that flip of a switch moment that permanently changed your life or perspective? It was my first day in therapy and my therapist said, you seem really well adjusted for someone who's never gone to therapy. Why are you here? And I said, I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. I'm a good friend. I'm a good employee. But I want to be great at all those things, and I feel like if I could be great at those by myself, I would have been by now, so I'm getting help. And she said, employee is someone you are for your job, husband is someone you are for your wife, father is someone you are for your son, and friend is someone you are for your friends. Who are you for yourself? Who are you outside of those roles? And then the waterworks happened, and I heard myself say, I'm not sure there's much of a person at the end of all that. And that was the beginning of me figuring out who I was at 30-something years old. Everything changed after that. Hello. And welcome back to The Captain's Couch. I'm your host, Byron Taylor. Took a little much-needed time off. Um, combination of a little bit of mental fatigue and um, perfectionism kind of jumping in the way. As well as I'm noticing that as I progress going forward with the show that I'm probably going to need to like schedule a time to record because my brain will naturally hit a moment in time on the weekends where I'll just be like, and now I kind of don't want to do this because now I feel overwhelmed because time's running out and uh, working through perfectionism and anxiety kind of, you know get you out of the mood to record so i'm gonna try to do a little bit better about setting a time on the weekends to record so that the podcast can get out um because i'm rushing a lot of weeks on mondays to try to record when i got a whole weekend i could just do it and bang it out within an hour's time but hey you know it's all good but uh you know yeah you know yeah yeah. you got got to see it through my boy which I love the dude's TikToks, by the way. <laughs> well, this is session number 82 of the Captain's Couch, and I think it's a good conversation to have on the heels of the 2021, which was 2020, Tokyo Olympics finishing up and um, the the conversation surrounding Simone Biles 
and mental health and sports has kind of come back up again. Um, I know last session we talked about Ron Artest um, at a world peace. And um, I'm looking forward to the Malice in the Palace documentary that I'm supposed to be watching this week with my friends um, because I just listened to um, The Right Time with Bomani Jones and Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal um, interviewed. And he talked about how he didn't actually know the type of mental health issues that Ron Artest was dealing with at the time when he was playing with them um, in Indiana. So um, I, I appreciate that mental health has now been thrust into the forefront in regards to sports and and pop culture and you know all these different areas whether it's hip-hop or movies or sports um television politics i mean i appreciate that mental health is being more and more put in the forefront it would be nice if you know we could continue to adequately fund mental health and work to continue to destroy the stigma behind mental health and i know this podcast is kind of part of um, destroying the stigma behind mental health. Um, so, and part of that, part of the reason why I haven't recorded quite as much is working on managing my mental health and, um, nothing bad has been happening. Um, things have actually been pretty quiet, um, pretty kind of smooth going a bit. Um, dating has been going pretty interestingly. Um, apparently, as my friend said, I'm in the multiverse and time is a flat circle. Um, so there's that. But dating has been kind of pressure free. It's been um, really enjoyable and fun. Um, it's still scary um, and confronting a lot of your worry and fear of feeling inadequate and feeling like an imposter and fighting through you know, a lot of those feelings in order to try to date and, you know, grow comfortable dating someone has been, been, you know, an interesting task to kind of go through. Um, but you know, much to the chagrin of the homie Charles, um, I'm probably not bringing back the, uh, the dating blog. Um, (laughs) though it was very fun, though it was very fun while it lasted, um, up until my last relationship, I probably won't be bringing it back. Um, But what we're going to talk about today is, you know, the decision behind Simone Biles sitting out in the Olympics, as well as holding space for yourself. So the clip that I I, um, I, I put on for the intro this week was a TikTok that I I saw like a couple months ago um, that really struck with me. Um, And. Ricky and I talked about this on the uh, the live stream that he that we did a couple months ago about the idea of the different roles that we play in our lives. So for both of us, we're mental health professionals. We're fathers. Rick's a husband. I'm not. Um, you know, we're sons. We're brothers. We're friends. You know, we're work colleagues. But then that question is, who are we for ourselves? Um, and that is a question that I've been trying to work to redefine a bit more as I've been going in therapy of who am I for myself? I know one thing that I've found is that I am my biggest critic and I might actually also be my worst enemy in regards to my anxiety that often 
holds me afraid to fight for or say what I want or what I may really, really need from someone because I worry that I will either be confronted with rejection or I will piss them off by what I'm saying. Um, and that is a really big struggle for me. And it's been a huge struggle for me most of my life of the idea of, you know, I know that I'm not perfect, but I also don't want to ruffle the lion's feathers, as Cam Newton would say, uh, <laughs> and how I talk to people or how I address somebody or what I ask for from someone. So that's always been a kind of difficult struggle for me. But um, that's something I've been working on more is to hold space for myself to work to try to advocate for what I want to be more patient for the things that I want to try to work towards those instead of demanding them all up front. Um, so how we hold up. Oh, I thought I put that on vibrate. I did not. So now y'all hear what my phone sounds like that annoys some people. Um, so with Simone Biles, I know this is a hotly, talked about and hotly contested not really in a lot of black circles but uh, in you know political circles and non-black people circles the idea that the greatest gymnast of all time you know the face of gymnastics as a whole and the face of USA gymnastics would go to the Olympics and decide that I am not mentally fit to compete and it brought up such an interesting conversation of you know what does she owe usa gymnastics what does she owe nbc what does she owe the olympics what does she owe anybody other than herself or her well what she owes her teammates but in truth what does she owe to anyone other than herself that is the biggest question what does Simone Biles really and truthfully owe to anyone else but herself? And the truth is, not a lot. She is the most decorated gymnast of all time. She even made the comment of, hey, this is a team activity as well as an individual activity. If I'm not in my right frame of mind, and I'll bring up a good example, right? So Simone brought up a good point about, you know, I'm not mentally in the right frame of mind and for me as a gymnast if i'm not in the right frame of mind then i am putting my physical body and my physical health on the line if my mental health is not there in hang on let me let me pause this real quick and look it up so in this conversation, we think about the warrior mentality that it's to fight through injury and to battle through all of these things. Sometimes in that regard, when we say that we fight through these things, we're actually doing a detriment to ourselves and to the team that we're fighting for as a whole. And I'll give you a good example. Um, in the 2008 NFL playoffs. Philip Rivers of the then San Diego Chargers played the game with a torn ACL and a torn meniscus in his right knee. Now, for any of you who have never played sports, your ACL is the piece of meat 
in the inside of your bones that connects your lower leg to your upper leg around your knee that keeps your knee from wibble wobbly shaking about like you're in the shake a tail feather video it stabilizes your knee so that you can walk around or run on it and as somebody who was torn his acl before when it did it felt like my leg was going to snap in half every time i would walk because it there was no stability there anymore so Phillip rivers played the game with a torn acl and a torn meniscus the Chargers would lose the game 21 to 12 he limped around through the game even though it sealed his status as one of the toughest players seen in the NFL, he also had a horrible game where he went um, 19 for 37 for 211 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions as the Chargers failed to score anything but field goals in that game. So despite the fact that you know he put his mental wherewithal and said, I'm going to play this game, he might have should have held space for himself and said, I'm really hurt, guys. I probably should not be playing because he actually ended up doing more detriment than good to the team because you can't run around on a torn ACL. You have no lateral movement. You have no mobility. You barely can walk on it because your knee is unstable. So imagine if you're Simone Biles and she even said this is that when I did my vault, I'm very thankful I managed to land on the ground because I lost track of where I was in the air. Now, imagine she continues to progress on in the competition and does this and is flipping around on the, the uneven bars, which is very dangerous. And I saw a video of Simone trying to, you know, do her land, her dismounts or whatever on the uneven bars and just plopping down like back first on the uh, the practice mats. I would not have wanted to see that. And I know that none of us would wanted to have seen that from her. So she did the brave and bold thing. And and a thing that I've seen a lot of people say time and time again, especially for black women, is a black woman said, I'm taking a day off. And I commend every last one of y'all who choose to do that. Because you're holding space for yourself. So Team USA ended up getting the silver. Simone came back. Uh, Suni Lee got gold in, um, what was it? She got gold in the vault, I believe. No, she got the individual all-around gold. Um, and then one of the other girls got gold in I think the uneven bars. And then Simone came back for the balance beam and got bronze. So, hey, it still worked out pretty well for Team USA and even for Simone as well. She got a silver medal, bronze medal that she could add to her legacy. But by taking time for herself, she made sure that her physical health and mental health were at the paramount. And that's how you hold space for yourself, because we look at all the different roles that she plays. She's playing the role of the mother hand for the younger competitors because this is her second Olympics. She's been the top dog in, in Olympic gymnastic well um not olympic gym well yeah olympic gymnastics and i meant to say uh what's artistic gymnastics because rhythmic gymnastics is something different that i learned a few years ago and was very confused but they are two different things one's with the little ball with the little rope and then you have the the the, the main gymnastics that we know about um so she has been the face of u.s gymnastics the face of gymnastics throughout the world she's been considered the goat the greatest of all time in gymnastics she's the reigning defending gymnastics um all around 
Olympic champion, U.S. champion, world champion. Um, but she's also one of the victims and survivors of Larry Nasser and the giant sexual assault um, ordeal that was enamoring and engulfing U.S. gymnastics. So she is there representing all the girls who competed with her, who went through the sexual abuse that she also suffered. She's there for the Gabby Douglases of the world, for the for the uh, Michaela Maroney's, the Nastia Lukens, the Sean Johnson. She's there for all of them to man to carry the flag to continue to try to hold U.S. gymnastics accountable. It's a lot of weight on your shoulders and. She decided to make room for herself. So when we talk about making room for yourself, what does that look like? Now, one of the things that we often talk about when it comes to holding space is means that you create a a safe space for yourself where you can sit with your thoughts and your emotions without judging them. Um, This can kind of look like taking time for yourself to be still and check in on how you feel. Um, you are compassionate towards yourself. You are acknowledging, um, your emotions fully. And it's really a form of loving self-awareness that you can connect with your inner landscape more deeply. Um, so we often talk about holding space for others. And usually that means, you know, listening to your friends or listening to your family members, being a shoulder to cry on, being, you know, a confidant for your partner or for your your parents or your kids or your friends, whatever that looks like, or your coworkers, whatever that may be. Um, so but when we talk about holding space for ourselves, um, It is important to hold space for yourself because you are inherently worthy of compassion and love. Um, Sadly, loving awareness doesn't come as easily as judgmental awareness that we primarily hold for ourselves. So let's look at that distinction first before we get into exactly how we hold space for ourselves. So it is about the transition from. Excuse me. The transition from a judgmental self-consciousness to a loving self-awareness. This is an article I found from Medium. Um, Holding space for yourself means giving yourself permission to strip away, strip away all of the judgments you hold towards yourself, even for just a little while, as a form of self-care that is integral to your overall mental health. So look at it from Simone's position, right? If you're stripping away all the judgments that you may have for yourself, you may be taking time. You may be trying to get rid of the idea. Oh, my God, I'm letting my teammates down. I'm letting the country down. I'm letting gymnastics down. I'm letting all these people down. Instead, instead, you're having that moment of I don't feel like I'm in the best place. I'm okay with stepping away from this because I need to because I'm not quite where I need to be. So I'm going to hold space for myself so that I can get myself together and get right. So there is scientific research done by a study by Brett Ford and three researchers in 2018 at the University of California, Berkeley, that established um, that total compassion and acceptance can have a significant impact on your overall well-being. Um, 
they also established that accepting negative emotions is linked to improved psychological health. But here's what we want to frame it as, though, when we talk about holding space. It doesn't mean just accepting your dark emotions, but it also can be about creating a new lens from which you see yourself. This lens can can be created based on love, not judgment. A love of your humanness and your vulner- vulnerability that comes with being human in the world as it is. A love for yourself as it is, not as you would think you should be, not as you would think the world would want you to be. Um, it's a space that you create in which you gently allow a loving awareness to arise within yourself while simultaneously letting the judgmental self-consciousness that you base your fear on recede. And any form of self-acceptance is more powerful if accompanied by a transformation in conscientiousness or consciousness. If you maintain a judgmental self-consciousness, it will probably be more difficult to tap into that loving awareness. Um, so it is important to be patient with yourself in this process and to acknowledge that this is not another quick path to happiness. Holding space is a form of self-care and healing that is a practice or, or a way of being. The core of this practice is to accept emotional experiences as they are, trying not to fix them or change them. Ooh, that's a lot right there, boy. You know, especially for somebody who, you know, who deals with depression and anxiety. Um, sometimes holding space for myself and sitting with my thoughts can be hard. Um, it can be very hard because I, I'm often very critical of myself and my mistakes, whether that be the mistakes of the past or um, I'm very... I'm not very good at staying in the current moment. My my thoughts and my brain often feel as though they are simultaneously in the past, the present and the future all at the same time. I see the images of the past, the mistakes of the past, the moments in the past, while also experiencing what's happening in the current present moment, while also going through a whole bunch of different scenarios in my mind of how the future may play out and it can definitely be exhausting. Um, so like things like, you know, and I'm going to get to how we hold space for ourselves in just a second. But one of the things that, you know, I, I give Kyrie Irving a lot of flack for the flat earth stuff and the kind of dumb things that he says, but I will not begrudge the man for saying that, hey, my mental health is not quite in the right space and I need to take time off. You know, we, I didn't really say anything about LeBron a few years ago when he took that two weeks off in Cleveland. That, uh, I think they actually won the championship that year when he took that two weeks off and was in Miami just chilling, minding his business while the, the Cavs was uh, kind of struggling without him. Um, but, you know, we we should allow ourselves that opportunity to have that space. So we want to look at how we can cultivate that space for holding room for ourselves, for that self care, for managing our mental health in that way, for making that decision of, Hey, maybe I'm going to take a step back a little bit for the day. Um, you know, one of the, and one of the things that we can do in that regard is, 
Um, presenting yourself with compassion and being prepared to host with strength and courage. So in other words, we want to give ourselves permission to trust our intuition, give yourself as much information as you can handle. Don't let anyone take your power away. Try to keep your ego out of things. Make yourself feel safe enough to fail. Give guidance and help to yourself with humility and thoughtfulness. Create your own container of complex emotions, fears, traumas, and allow yourself to make the decisions that are different from what others would make. So. We're going to look at the different ways that we hold space for ourselves from this article here that I found. Um from a grief counselor that's good hold a space for yourself so that you can be better to hold space for others and that's really really important the desire to hold space well for others is vast and diverse um there are so many of us who are making it a priority in our lives that we feel that the world is finally swinging like a pendulum pendulum away from a place of isolation and individualism to a place of deeper connection and love so though it is really, really good to hold space for others, you know, that I talked about before, we also want to hold that space for ourselves as well. So remember this, we're doing our best to live in love and community. We are not perfect. And sometimes we make selfish decisions, um, but we are doing our best. And remember this, right? So it is really important that if we do not care for ourselves well in this work, we will suffer burnout and will risk becoming cynical or ineffective. Even as a mental health professional, this is really, really important. Trying to manage yourself and manage the safe space for yourself will help prevent burnout. Um, it is not selfish to focus on yourself. In fact, it is an act of generosity and commitment to make sure that you are you are in your best at your best. When you support others, they will get much more effective, meaningful and open hearted support from you when you are healthy and strong. So what are some tips in order to hold space for yourself? Well, number one, learn when to walk away. Shout out to Simone Biles on that one. You can't serve others when your energy is depleted. Even if you can only leave the hospital room for your loved ones for only a short period of time or your single mom who doesn't have much of a support system caring for your children, it is imperative that you find times when you can walk away from the place where you are needed most to take deep breaths, walk in nature, go for a swim or simply sit and stare at the sunset. Replenish yourself so that you can return without bitterness. Whenever you can, take a longer break, like a week, like a vacation, something like that. I think I might do that after I go to Denver um, next month. I'm really excited about that, by the way. Um, number two, let the tears flow. So, you know, if, if, the, if crying is the only thing that we can do, um, it's often best to do that. Let the tears wash away the accumulated ick in your soul. A social worker once told me, who was the author is Heather Plett, who was the, the author of this, this article, 
said that tears are window washer for the soul. And she was right. They help clear your vision so that you can see better and move forward more successfully. Releasing those tears allows for us to be strong for people who need us to be need us the most. Number three, let others hold space for you. You can't do this work alone and you're not meant to. We're all meant to be communal people. Um, no man is an island unto himself. Shout out to X-Men, the animated series. I learned that as a child. Um, but showing up for each other works in reciprocal ways. Um, we are able to hold space for others um, so that many people can then hold space for us. So the, the author talks about her mom was dying um and then because other people were there or were holding space for them, um, many people stop and visit, bring food, um, et cetera. We were able to, you know, be able to walk the path while having support from others. So in our, our lives, when we have those moments where we struggle, when we hold space for other people, they can come and hold space for us when we need it. Number four is practice mindfulness. And we've talked about mindfulness a bunch. And that's something that I'm working on is gratitude, journaling, and trying to be more mindful of staying in the current moment. Mindfulness is simply paying attention to your attention. And mindfulness, mindfulness, and mindfulness meditation, you are taught that instead of trying to stop your thoughts, you should simply notice them and let them pass. You don't need to sit on a meditation cushion to practice mindfulness. Simply pay attention to what emotions and thoughts are showing up when they come. Wish them well and send them on their way. Number five, we want to find inspiration, find sources of inspiration. Um, there are many writers, artists, musicians that you can find wisdom to hold space for yourself. Um, for me, I think going to see Kendrick Lamar in 2017 as my divorce was nearing finality um, and hearing him say, you know, hearing him perform all right really was that inspiration that I needed to continue forward with my life. Um, you know, it was it was a difficult decision. It was a difficult year. And I mean, it's still been a difficult road four years later of, you know, trying to figure out how to set boundaries and be firm and do the best you can for the child and all of those things. But um, that, that moment of hearing Kendrick say, we going to be all right. Was, was inspiration to keep going for sure. Number six, let other people live their own stories. You are not chained. I mean, you're not in charge of the world. You are only in charge of yourself. And your own behaviors, your own thoughts, your own emotions. Often we are a caregiver. And I know I have been one. Um, you'll find yourself the target of other people's frustrations, anger, fear, etc. But remember this. That is their story, not yours. And that's shout out. Shout out to Simone Biles, man. That's their story, not yours. 
your story is I'm still the best gymnast this world has ever seen. And I still showed showed it to y'all when I probably was maybe like 85%. Shout out to black women, man, for real. Um, take a deep breath and say to yourself, I'm not responsible for their emotions. I'm only responsible for how I respond. And then let it go. When you feel wounded by what they're projecting on you, return to the points above and walk away. Practice mindfulness and hold space for and let other people hold space for you when you need it. Lastly, number seven, you want to create a outlet for processing what you're experiencing. Write in a journal, paint, bake, play guitar. Maybe one day I'll learn how to play piano try to learn how to play piano again um i think yeah so like a couple life goals i think i might set for myself are like to learn how to swim because i don't know how to swim and i have a lot of anxiety about it and to try to learn piano um i took like two classes of piano in college and um i was kind of burnt out with school at the time i think dealing with depression from things outside of school so I think I might try my hand and learn how to play piano again as well in the next few coming years. I think that'd be cool. But do whatever replenishes your soul, whether that's gaming or podcasting or exercise, you know, um, singing, whatever it is. Um, so take that opportunity to create a creative outlet for yourself to process what you're experiencing um you know therapy has been helpful for that as well um but hold space for yourself take a mental health day you got that pto take it off i'm I'm probably trying to do that soon myself um you know you got you got opportunities to replenish yourself and take time away so that you recharge your batteries then do that um Take care of yourselves, you know, and if you say, hey, look, I got a whole space for myself. Yeah, I got it. Sometimes we got to do that. But shout out to Simone Biles for sure. Um, Incredibly remarkable what she has done. Um, And I continue to hopefully see how she grows as a as a woman and, you know, as an advocate, as an athlete, whatever that, that case may be for her. Um, shout out to USA men's basketball for getting their shit together and ended up winning the gold. Uh, you know, as uh, as my my dear friend and I would joke about um, with the Olympics. Um, yeah, we gonna head on these dudes during the regular season, but during the Olympics, it's all America all day long, baby. So shout out to Kevin Durant. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the Slim Reaper um, got buckets. Shout out to uh, Drew Holiday for uh, for putting. Um, um, Evan Fournier and the Uso Penitentiary um, in the gold medal game the other day. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Team USA Basketball. Shout out to all the ladies that held it down on the track on the track and field. Um, you know, especially Allison Felix. Shout out to you, ma'am. Like, wow, incredible career. Um, but shout out to Blackness because there was, there was folks all over the diaspora that was putting on for, putting on for black excellence um, in the uh, Olympic Games. But with that being said, y'all, thank you so much for listening to The Captain's Couch. Leave a five-star review. Um, leave feedback on social media. 
I'm going to do my best to watch the Love is Blind reunion um, because I would like to have So So Lovely come back on the show. And um, we recap recap that because we recapped um, season one of Love is Blind. Um, that show was absolutely intriguing to me. And um, Lauren and Cameron are wonderfully adorable together. Uh, shout out to that white man. <laughs> he loves his black queen. And I, I'm gonna stand for him, like so long as he's not problematic and does any dumb shit. I'm gonna stand for him in the same way I stand for uh, Serena, Serena Williams' husband. He's like, mm-hmm, yeah, you support your black woman. You you let her be the fullness thereof of she, of herself, and don't force her to try to dim her light. You just stand in the background and just nod and wave. It's like that's my wife right there, y'all. Y'all see how bad she is. I'm just over here holding her purse. <laughs> but all right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to the Captain's Couch. Um, it's good to be back. I'll try to do my best to be back next week. And if not, hey, I'll catch you when I catch you. So, you know, I might have to prioritize my mental health as well in the, the you know, the future. But that being said, may the force be with you. Peace. Congregation, would you turn your text to the book about cash? Chapter 2, verse 1, the first one to feel me. Jump up and make a joyful noise. You've outcasted, meaning now you have a choice like that.